Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Literally. I gotta do what I gotta do. Okay. Alright, let's get this going in a row. Okay. Got it. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We have Chris. What's going on? And we have our guest hosts for tonight, Joe Cashwell, owner of Rotorcraft RC. How y'all doing? Great, hey, great. What's up, Joe? Uh, this is episode number 62, Keeping You in Charge with Joe Cashwell. So first, let's get to know Joe first. First. I said first a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so how long have you been in the hobby, Joe? Um, I've actually started doing RC cars oh, many, many years ago uh, when I was 14, and I'll be 51. So a couple years well, now. Let's wow. not make any cracks about that being old. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, um, you know, I stepped up into RC helicopters back in 1984 with a Schluter champion. Whoa. Wow. I don't even know how to spell that. Damn, that was his like <laughs> senior year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was, uh, when I was young, younger than 84, um, I used to walk five houses down and watch Cliff Hyatt build airplanes. And then he got into doing helicopters, and I saw um, he had a full fuselage uh, Bell Long Ranger. And I ran into him one time up at the store, and I saw it in the back of his car, and I was like, man, that thing's just beautiful. And uh, he brought me over to his, his new house at the time, and um, I offered to buy the Schluter Champion from him and purchased it and went on a wild ride from there because – Back then, you didn't have Google and, and all the clubs and everything as strong as you do now. And, you know, being able to get on um, Facebook and talk to people and ask a bunch of questions. So it was nice. it was trial by error. And let me tell you, I had a couple errors. <laughs> nice. Real bad ones. Joe, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Orlando, Florida, just outside Orlando. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm two miles from Torches Field. We're in the heart of Goblin Country, unfortunately. The heart of Goblin. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't, I can't say unfortunately. Goblin's always been a, a good product, but it's yeah. it's all goblins around here. There's there's a couple other blended in, but it's all goblins around here. Wow, Joe's a warm weather dick. Yeah, I was about to say another warm weather dick, huh? <laughs> With that, it's like three days of winter. It's like oh, winter week. <laughs> Yeah, 68 here right now. Wow. Uh, so what type of modern aircrafts do you fly? Is it just uh, helicopters or do you also do planks and multi-rotors? Well, I, I fly helicopters, but I fly them like planks. So it's um, <laughs> it's forward wrong motion and keep the tail behind it. Yeah, I'm not 3D whatsoever. I'll flip and roll. Um, my four, or my eight-year-old... Um, which is now 10, when he was eight, within three flights, he was always already flying better than his dad, me. Um, Kyle took about two flights to be able to fly better than I can. My five-year-old gets on the sim and can outfly me, so 
I'm definitely not the best in the family, but I, it's, I enjoy it. I haven't done it in a while, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're having fun, right? And that's what it's all about. Yep. Exactly. So this kind of goes into the next question. So you have uh, your, your kids are in the hobby, too? Do you have any, yes. any other family members? Uh, my five-year-old runs RC cars and um, the small little cheater drones, you know, the ones that are about a, you know, as big as your fingers spread out. And he does very well with the little drones. Um, my 10-year-old flies a 700-class heli and nice. um, camera drones and FPV drones. Oh. And then my 21-year-old Kyle, Kyle Cashwell, um, can outfly all of us with his eyes shut. And he flies, you know, all the big helis and he flies airplanes and FPV and everything. He's good at everything. Oh. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so what got you interested in the hobby? I mean, you said you started with RC cars, right? What got you interested into RC cars? Um. When I was young, I tinkered with everything. Uh, rebuilt my first dirt bike at 13 years old, always working on something, always trying to modify everything. And guy a couple houses down from me came out with a RC10. Um, actually, I think it was, it was before, might have been before RC10s. I can't remember what car he had now. Then I ended up went out and bought a, a Nitro one. And it beat me to pieces. Um, but then I did get into electrics back then. RC10, I had a quad buster. I just, I, I got so enveloped and addicted to RC stuff. It just, it just bloomed from there. Awesome. Wow, dude. The RC10 is like the gateway drug. Like for <laughs> almost that everybody. Was, that was the car to yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. It won so many competitions and everything back in the day. It was literally the car you had to get if you wanted to do any type of RC car stuff. Nice. So how do you, you know, how do you uh, find time to go flying with your busy schedule? Well, a we're lucky that Torches is a couple miles away. So if we're going to go fly, we fly there. Um, you kind of get your little ones addicted to it, like your kids addicted to the mm-hmm. hobby that you like. So if you want to go to the field, it's not a problem. You're like, we're going to the field and everybody loads up. Right, um, right. I wish we did have more time to fly and I wish we were more involved in the hobby. The two little ones are more involved to, than Kyle and I are by far right now. Awesome. We have a good excuse, though. The cases yeah. are keeping us very busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Those cases are awesome and. <laughs> Yeah, when I'm time when it's time for me to upgrade, I gotta I gotta talk to you. So let me know. So what else have you done for a living besides this? I mean, you as a teenager, I did aluminum. You know, here in Florida, everybody wants a screen room or a pool enclosure over their pool. That's what I did growing up. Um, I worked for my father at 19 years old. I started my own company doing aluminum. I wanted to do bigger projects than what my father wanted to get into. He wanted the the smaller, simple stuff. Um, I kind of got, you know, I'm an overachiever, so I wanted to do the big, massive projects. Did some military construction for a while um, and then got into doing woodwork um, in my early 20s, building high-end staircases and then cabinets and when I got into doing cabinets, that's when, you know, we really started showing off 
Um, I've done three of my projects have been in magazines, one for a wine bar and uh, two kitchens. And we just really, really excelled in what we did. And we built everything by hand from scratch. Uh, we didn't buy anything except for the hardware. Wow. Wow, man. Nice. And having having those tools and that type of knowledge, we kind of, you know, made that next step into playing with other stuff. Cool. You go right into building a balsa plane, right? <laughs> I would think. I I, yeah. Nice. So let's see how everyone's week been. Uh, who wants to go first? I think I went first last week. How about Chris? I'll go. It's been a little while. Yeah. All right. Maverick. So. Last time, well, since I've been on last, the VTX 477 rotor blades have finally come to the market. So I got one of the first production sets on my 480, put a couple flights on that, made some videos. Unfortunately, I haven't done much winter flying. With uh, with Kyle moving away, I'm kind of in like a heli funk right now. Um, uh-huh. work's, work's been really crazy. The weather's been crappy. And my dad, my dad loves flying with me, but he's not really the winter flyer, so... Kyle, Kyle and I were diehards. So Stacy, man, if, if it was crappy, we'd still go out there, wind, rain, snow. So with him gone, I've had no initiative because I've got my, 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 I have a stable fleet for 2017. The logo 480 and 700, they had just got done breaking them in. They're beautiful machines, and I have no drive to go out there and fly them in 30-degree crappy weather. So, yeah, kind of, a little, kind of a little funk with Kyle gone, which kind of sucks. i got to get used to that. But on the home front, I finally picked up a new computer after seven years. I picked up a new MacBook Pro. Thing is awesome. Hell I've yeah. been able to finally use a simulator. So I, I got my next sim loaded back up. So I've been simming for the past uh, couple weeks on and off, which is awesome because I've never really simmed before. I always just went out there and flew an Oxy or flew a little Goblin. So it's kind of nice to get behind a transmitter and, and just let loose and just try some new stuff. Um, the Macs also excelled my ability to edit the website because with the little netbook I had before, I couldn't even see the the um, monitor full screen when I was editing the website. I had to scroll over, scroll up, and it was just a pain in the butt. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it, it's been awesome all around. You know, quick internet, simulator, the pixels on it are great. I can edit the website. It's got yeah. full iMovie. It's got full iMovie on it, so I'm not doing iMovie on a cell phone anymore. I've been making videos the past four years. All my videos on YouTube and iMovie have come from an iPhone 4, 5, 6, 7, and all, all to the iPhone. So that's going to open up a whole world of new videos for me. And then uh, the Mavic. I've been putting a lot more uh, flights on the Mavic, just getting used to kind of how it flies. Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, we had a nice little snow day. Took the kids outside and did a whole family video with the Mavic. So kind of a different take on you know what people see as drones in, in the market. Uh, everybody thinks drones are bad. I was out there shooting family video with it. Yeah, amazing so, footage too. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's great. I mean, not everything can play 4K. Obviously, my computer can, my cell phone can. And as it, as technology and time goes on, more people have 4K devices. So I'm going to keep recording 4K. Um, I found that's a setting I like the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to get used to it more. I'm shooting my friend's wedding in October, uh, uh, my coworker. He's getting married. So I'm going to shoot his, his uh, wedding at a golf course. So... Just this summer, she's been having fun getting used to the Mavic and just flying a lot with my dad. And Haley, she's three and a half. She's not really taking naps anymore. So come summer, she's out at the field with my dad and I every time we go out there, which is going to be fun. Awesome. So that's about it. Unfortunately, not much flying, which 
it's it's fine. I've been so busy with other stuff. It's kind of a nice little break, but everything's mm-hmm. everything's in one piece. Everything's ready to go, and it's going to be an awesome awesome season with everything in perfect running order. Sweet. So, just excited. It's supposed to be in the fifties here in the next few days. So, I'm definitely going to get out this weekend, get a few flights in. So, what have you been up to there, Kev? Flew on Sunday or Saturday. I don't know. Saturday. One of the days. Saturday. <laughs> I get my days mixed up, man, especially when they're behind me. Yeah, I flew with uh, me and Steve went out to the field uh, up by us here that's a little bit closer. We flew with uh, Rob and his son, Devin, and Bill and Mike, and uh, it was just cool to hang out, man, with everybody, and I was just enjoying. At one point, I was just sitting in a chair, like, hanging out, talking to everybody, you know, watching guys fly and stuff, just enjoying it, enjoying the whole just being out, you know, but um Got got a chance to work on a few things, um, the 570, and Rob is the OB1 when it comes to this V-bar. But uh took the 690 back up and flew that, and it was it was a little more negative than positive or positive than negative. It just wasn't really flying like it was before. And uh brought it back down, and, and Rob helped me out with setting that up, kind of basically, you know, got the zero pitch where it should be and then worked on some positive and negative and and uh kind of got it flying good so i enjoyed that i flew that once uh, actually twice and then i went to fly the 570 and the 570 was just way too much collective for me at where i'm at right now so i mean i really got a feel and understanding on how the v-bar can help you out i mean i'm sure you can do it with the icon too but with the computer hooking it up and all that but i just started toning stuff down toning collective down until i got to a point where i'm real comfortable and i'm gonna i'm gonna start from there man i don't even know what the numbers are where i'm at i i didn't know if i had to go down with agility but i started bringing some of the collective uh you know pitch wise positive negative down uh i haven't put a pitch gauge on so i couldn't even tell you where it's at but uh 11 and a half yeah and i'm just comfortable with the 570 the way it was set up and and the 690 and i can't wait to to get some bad, more batteries, you know, through those things, man. I have, what I have two for the 570 and I have two packs for the 690, but the second pack I have to, I have to solder up and get that ready. Nice. You know, I also, I also tried the sport with the Neo, had a few issues with that and kind of straightened that out mainly because the RPM sensor, I, I don't, don't have one. Um, but I do now because Rob gave me one. Uh, I, I I wired that up. I'm I'm anxious to try that out. It's just a hobby wing RPM sensor, you know, standalone that you solder into two leads of the motor. Yep. But I had a good time, man. I really had a lot of fun out there. I have fun every time I go out there to those with those guys, man. It got warm towards the end of the day, so it was really nice. But I uh, I also during the week got my first raspberry pie, or raspberry <laughs> pie, <laughs> however you want to say it. It's right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And I got that loaded up with software for the 3D printer that I have. Um, so I can just like basically use it as a, you know, web, web interface into the, the Raspberry Pi and the Raspberry Pi runs the printer and, uh, load the G code up into that. And that seemed to work really good. I'm, I'm happy with that. So I'll be, you know, setting that up, kind of getting that all together to where I could move it then. Like I could just unplug it and cause it's wireless put it anywhere in the house i want to put it and just start printing or whatever not that i'm gonna move it but you know if i ever needed to take it somewhere it'd be real quick real easy awesome yeah so that's uh i think that's all i've been up to that's it man 
I don't know who wants to go next. You want to go next, Steve? Yeah, I'll go next because uh continue off of Saturday's uh, flying. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah, got to fly with you, Rob, Devin, Bill, Mike. Yeah, I'm getting used to that field. I kind of like it now. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully we can join up. I like it, but I'm not getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've only been there once or twice, I think. So, yeah. Um, I got to fly the Oxy 3 with the speed canopy. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Facebook Live that. Definitely like a full fuselage. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying all these different helis and I'm noticing that the, you know, the full fuselage is kind of where my eyes, you know, are more, most comfortable with just to be able to see where that tail is. Um, but I got I about it. it sounded better too or different. It sounded a little different. Yeah, I don't know. It was almost like you heard the blades more and the main gear less because it was all enclosed there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounded pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounded good. It moved pretty good through the air. I mean, I, I yeah. did try to do a couple speed runs and I'll get, kind of get like the little pitch ups. You know, maybe oh, were you? To, yeah. Towards the end, like I was fighting it, you know, on the end of the runs. I was like, it started to pitch up. I'm like, okay, uh, compensate, you know, but, um, it was good. It was fun. Smacking that thing around though with the full cap is great. Uh, oh, cool. It really felt like a little baby goblin, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's not, uh, that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, 15 flights in that day. Uh, I got to tune the 700, the logo 700. You know, I was having tail issues and, you know, that helicopter, I mean, I'm, I must have gotten like 30, 40 flights on it, but I was never comfortable with it, you know? So I was to the point where I was going to, probably put it up for sale but um, i got a chance to really tune it you know go through the gains on the tail get that locked in then started doing your optimize on the on the v-bar and i mean i didn't get it fully tuned but i got it tuned as much as my other helis so i I started getting comfortable with it and started doing all my normal tricks on it without feeling like i'm gonna you know hit rescue or have to or crash the heli so so it's flying like it should now and that's good um Nice. What else did I do? Oh yeah, I got my nitro in, so I got the 700 nitro, and I tore it completely down, and it's all rebuilt. I just have to do some wiring and kind of figure out where I'm going to put um, all the components, all the electrical components. So basically, I have uh, the needles, you know, mounted and and wired up, and I have a base set up on it. So I got to put a the um, Soko heli tool on it and kind of do the pitch and the collective and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, and I got, what else do I have to do? Oh, I'm waiting for my gov sensor to come in. I got the spectrum one that goes on the back of the crank. Get that put in. Get that set up. Mount the, uh, what is that? The glow driver thingy and, uh, the life battery. And then basically get a gallon of fuel and start breaking that motor in. So that should be interesting. I have, I, you know, I, I realize I have no idea what I'm doing with a nitro. I've been, you know, so. Dude, you're, you're probably doing a shit ton better than I would do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I got it set up and I'm like, okay, let me, let me see what happens when, uh, with the, with the throttle servo when I, you know, go to bank one, bank two. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> it's like now I have like a rotary dial on my V control that controls idle and, that's kind of bugging me out because I'm like, 
am I supposed to have this or not? I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, just all the little things. And I'm trying to figure out how do I get a remote? Um, because I have a remote glow starter. But how do I get that on a switch on a V control? I can't figure out how to assign it. It's not like a DX9 where you could just easily assign any channel to any button. So, I mean, I'm going to do some YouTube uh, video searches and Google searches to see what I can figure out. Send uh, Kyle a message. Yeah. 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 I'll send him and see if he uh, can help too. Dear warm weather dick. That's wrong. Don't start it off like that. be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Delete. All right. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much a bit about it for me. Uh, let's Steve, see. Steve, you still got, you still have a success, like 5,000 pack laying around your house. Yeah. Try success on the 700, man. Give it, give it a weekend. Just get a few flights and see what you think. Let me know. Well, I mean, can I leave the 12S pack or do I have to like actually put a success pack? You can probably leave the 12S pack. It's going to add more weight. Like if when I fly success, I lose one of the packs just to help, just to help the motor DSC out. Hmm. But give it a try. See what you think. It's, it's something, it's something different. I'll tell you that. Okay. You just want to make sure you set up CG really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you're only going to be running one pack, one 6S pack instead of a 12S. So that pack's going to roll back. Actually, no, it goes Go forward. forward. Yeah. It goes forward. Yeah. I don't do anything but unzip. I, all I do is zip, unvelcro the back pack and pull it off. That's all I do. And plug in the, the front pack. Huh. I let the new animal for me. I don't know how the hobby an animal, animal like that, though. <laughs> Well, the rear pack is probably right in line with the main shaft, so it's just going to be like just removing weight. Right. It probably won't affect the CG that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing is you'll you'll pick it up to go fly, and you'll think your packs aren't in it. <laughs> it's 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 so noticeably lighter that nice. you'll pick it up because we ran our 770 off a of single 7S, wow. and um, my man Bert flew that thing at like 900. A little bit under 900 RPM. I didn't even think it was going to leave the ground. Wow. I mean, I do have one Goblin, uh, not a stick pack, but two six packs that one of them is going bad. So maybe I could just convert that to a single success pack and give it a try. See what happens. I don't know. Does the hobby, <laughs> hobby even count the cells when you plug it in like the castle does? Yeah. It's, it's set to auto, you know, uh, cell count. Yeah, so try it this week and plug it in, see if it counts six, and if it spools up, you'll know right away if it's going to work or not. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll give that a try, because, I mean, one of the other things is, um, I think with, uh, what is it? Is it active freewheeling that it can kind of handle the lower, um, the higher amperage and lower output? I don't know, something like that. I don't know. It's worth a try. I have a UI sensor on there, and I know I'm not pulling anywhere near the 160 amp, you know, EAC that's in there, so be worth a try all right while joe has a sip of his drink let's uh <laughs> oh, let's can I? Your week been up <laughs> oh my week um we just finished a rotorcraft rc move uh we moved out of the facility that we're in now and into our new location and we're no longer going to have a retail side um, it's only going to be online and, and custom builds for customers that call in, um, 
for what we do, we have found there's really not a huge demand for a retail location. If we have one customer come in every two weeks, we, we kind of hear the door open up and think it's FedEx or, or UPS or somebody delivering something. And we'll, you know, peek our heads around the corner is actually a customer in the store. Um, so just trying to be smart business people and downsizing and, and working with some of our overhead. Um, we've decided to close down the retail side and have downsized the building some. Cool. It could yeah, be Chris Reimer, though, creeping around the corner. You never know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chris, you <laughs> did get me, man. I swear, I know you saw my face light up because I heard the door open, and I thought for sure it was FedEx, and I rolled my head around a corner, and I focused, and I'm like, that guy looks like Chris. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Chris. He's in our shop. So, no, he was very sneaky. He got us. That's probably that one of the best surprises. I don't think I've ever pulled a surprise off that good. Like, that. Like I'm, like, shaking, walking in there. I'm, like, looking around. Like, where the hell's Joe? And I go in back, and I'm like, Chris, is Joe here? He's like, yeah, he's in the office. I'm like, what office? And I look in there, and you're, you're working away, working away. I stood there for a good, like, 45 seconds. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, oh, flip the lights on and off. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> you turn God. Around, like, what I... the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was busted. I mean, it's, you got me. I mean, it's, and, and the funny thing is, is if a lot of people haven't noticed, like in December of last year, we actually wiped our address off the website and off of almost everything. The only thing it goes out is, is on our proposals for the cases. So if somebody's shipping us equipment, they ship it to the right address. But we, we kind of knew this was going to happen after the first of the year. So we started, vanishing our address from everything and chris still found us well with a lot of digging and i, I didn't get i had to get hold of chris trevi i'm like dude forgive i need an address <laughs> here i don't know where i'm going help me out buddies sneaky bastard awesome i can see chris doing that yeah for sure yeah for sure <laughs> and then he goes shopping He's grabbing everything off the shelves. I want this. I want this. I want this. So it was a good surprise. Oh, we love Chris. He's a good guy, man. You, he's he's been around with us for a long time. We love him to death. Like, yeah, I think we'll we'll get into it with the topic. But um, my case, I don't think that was one of your first few, but I think within the first dozen was my case. We'll we'll probably talk about my nine forty case. I think that was one of the first in the first dozen, right? Yeah, I still I still remember us talking about that case and and uh, bouncing back and forth on the logos and yours. We kind of did a little bit different on your logo than what we were doing at the time, and it just it you know it, it there's a couple cases that you remember that brought you to the next level, and um, yours was definitely one of them that just brought us. And then it ends up in a magazine, which was even better. Um, but yeah, your case definitely brought us to the next level. It's, it's been a workhorse since day one. So we'll, we'll get into that in, in the topic. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So on that note, let's go right into the main topic here. So All right. Charging cases. I mean, you know, I know a lot of folks say they do DIY cases and stuff, but I mean, the work that you, a Rotocraft RC put out is amazing. I mean, I, I'm jealous. I need money. I need I need more money to so get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we still do offer the kits to where uh, we do all the CNC work and send you the deck and everything, and then you put it together. 
So you're not paying our assembly labor. Mm-hmm. Um, we try not to do as many of those as we used to. Uh, not that we're trying to get away from those customers. We love every customer we have. We just, we've met so many, uh, like Chris, we've met so many amazing people doing this and I still have ongoing relationships with all these customers. Um, but the kits sometimes, we have as, as much design time on the phone. Some of our cases, we end up, our first, first phone call is two, three hours long. And uh-huh. sometimes wow. the kits can, can be just as time consuming. And then it's a $200 deck that we make 80 bucks off of. So it, it's kind of bad for the customers that are doing full builds when we start doing a lot of kits, um, but we still have to offer those. I mean, there's just that, that customer that wants to put it together himself. Listen, our helicopter guys and, and some of the airplane guys, I can't say some of the airplane guys, a lot of airplane guys are, are tech junkies and, and they want to do it themselves and they want to feel that pride at the end, just like I do on every case I build. And I, I don't want to take that from them. And then you have the guy that calls me up and says, Hey, I have my charger and my power supply for the last two years. I've got to have one of your cases to put it in. And right. we sell them a case, a deck and a couple of accessories and we ship it to them and then they put it together. And, um, it's, it's great. I mean, we really like being able to offer that, but until we bring in another machine, which is coming really, really soon, I was supposed to be in Boston. For the Super Bowl, which would have been nuts, but that deal has kind of been put on hold for the last couple of weeks. Now it looks like maybe next weekend, which I shouldn't be saying it because I was going to sneak up on Chris and now he's going to know I'm coming. <laughs> uh, I let the cat out the bag on that one. Um, but hopefully not this weekend. Next weekend, I'll be up in Boston picking up our new CNC machine. Um, and then we're going to have two of them. And then the kits will be no problem. Um, we're going to, we're going to bring in an assistant that is just going to prep decks that are kits and the light assembly stuff and, and ship those for us. Oh, awesome. You should stop by, uh, and meet up with Kevin and myself <laughs> on the way. Absolutely, man. Probably passing right through Jersey. You know, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. How long have you been making cases and, uh, what kind of, you know, made the decision like how did you decide to get into the case business well i had my own business uh doing the cabinets and and some electronics and my son kyle at the time was 17 and we had a small ebay store that we were getting rid of um you know close out product from my cabinet side and and we actually sold some stuff for a couple other electronics companies that didn't want to get into that whole eBay thing but we were we were uh listing their product for them and we got a little percentage of everything that we sold mm-hmm. and um I my son Kyle I kept telling him I said you know you're about to be 18 you know you ought to start thinking about you know starting a little side business getting you know starting an eBay store or something you know figure out what you can sell and um one night we're sitting there eating dinner and Kyle goes, helicopters. And I just looked at him like, that's the most random word I've ever heard in my life while eating. <laughs> he goes, 
I ought to sell helicopter stuff. And that was the start of Rotary Wing RC. Um, ah, okay. I made... I may, I gave Kyle, you know, five grand and I said, you need to start an LLC. You need to do this. You need to do that. He got all that started. And while all that was going on, which is a whole separate story for another show, um, because I did cabinet stuff, we, Kyle started in a 14 by 14 room that we had at the cabinet shop and he was, originally only going to do online stuff but once again because we were so close to torches we always had people that would come there and pick up stuff not a whole lot but we we did way more online stuff than we did local stuff because the other local hobby store has just been here for eternity and they're 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 once again they're a small mom and pop place and they've got a great following and hey I mean, it's business. I want to sell everything, but I understand that, you know, local competitiveness is, is great and they're, they're a great company and they do very well. Um, but Kyle did get a pretty good little following. And because we were always making stuff, we ended up building a couple decks for cases for a few people. And then, you know, getting in with Chris Treby and everything like that. Um, and then, we built the case for uh, Charles Anderson, which is the, at the time was vice president of Urcha. And we brought Chris Treby's case and Charles Anderson's to Urcha and gave out 350 business cards day one. And I looked at Kyle and I said, this is a thing. And the, the best part is, is everybody on the planet said, you're never going to make money. Um, you know, you've got a big competitor, um, on, on the West Coast, which is Progressive RC. And I, mm-hmm. I take nothing from Progressive RC. They build a great case. They can build a case at a price point that I can't even get to. Um, and, and they build the same case and they, they've been very good at it. And, and I have my customers that look for what we do and they have their customers. And honestly, they probably make more money off of their cases, they probably have a better margin than we do because ours is so time consuming to assemble a case. Uh Um, But we never wanted to go after their customers. We wanted to do our thing and our thing has taken off. Um, I can't believe the following that we have and the emails that I get every day are a blessing but sometimes answering 20 plus emails about cases a day is exhausting. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I can um, imagine. Yeah. It's, 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 and people get mad at me. Chris will even tell you, cause we, we have a, uh, a common friend that, that wants a case right now. And some people, if you don't answer their email in one or two days, they get bent out of shape. And I'm like, listen, I'm, if, if I build you a case, I'm going to give you the same consideration that I'm giving my customers now. I can't stop every 15 minutes to answer an email. I'd never get a case built. Right. So how long does it take, you know, from design to a finished product? Um, like, cases. I mean, obviously, you know, different designs and custom cases might take longer. Um, but like, you know, maybe it's some of the off the shelf stuff that you sell. Most of those, like our pro cases are pre-designed. 
The only thing that changes from case to case is the company's logo that we're putting in the upper, which when I say pro, these are the professional film guys, the film movies. Um, we do work for a couple of other companies that are our pro series cases, which we design at one time and they just order it and they'll order two or four and we build them and ship them right to them. So there's no design time. Uh, semi custom case to where a customer will call us up. We can have, I can talk to a customer for an hour. I do an Excel spreadsheet, which has every single item listed out and broke down. We send them that. They see the price of everything. They either add or delete items. Um, and then once they say go and we close the deal within 24 hours, sometimes a little longer, Chris will have the design, which he does it um, in Composer or um, uh, another art design. And then we convert that to a PDF, send it to the customer. Once they email us back saying, okay to cut, yep. it goes goes into the next cut day, which we cut three days a week for the hobby division. Um, oh, okay. The other two days we're cutting for other stuff, but three days a week we cut for the hobby division. And if you give us an okay and we're cutting that day and it has room, we'll fit it in that day or it's within 48 hours it's cut. So s most of the time we're ready to ship a case within seven to 14 days of order okay. until we get to one of these crazy, insane cases that it seems like everybody's wanting lately. Yeah. Really? And we, we've we seen them. <laughs> um, the wild mango case that we just shipped to the UK, um, that was probably five to six phone calls to design and get to the point where he was comfortable with making the deal. And then there's three full days of assembling the case with probably about a day and a half of CNC time. Wow. Now, Joe, is that a, is that different shipping something, uh, like out in the United States where they have like the different house voltage coming in and stuff like that? I mean, how do you guys work that? Well, we use the, the Meanwell RSP line, which is voltage sensing, which means you can plug that power supply in anywhere in the world, and it's going to sense the voltage and set itself to the voltage of frequency and work every time. Wow. So, like, the the case that we shipped to the UK, once he gets there, he just takes his IEC cable that he ordered from Amazon in the UK, plugs it into his wall, comes on. Wow. That's awesome. So, and that's our pro cases. That's that's one of the big benefits of using the mean wells in the pro cases because these guys are filming around the world. Um, last right. year, one of our pro cases was in Rome, and it was at the Vatican. It was at the Colosseum. It was at the Pantheon. If I said that right, <laughs> if yeah. I didn't, email Chris Rebert and tell him about it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's our cases go all around the world. We've shipped into 18 different countries now, including Russia. Everybody wow. saw the Russia case. Damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. A year ago, we were only shipping to Canada. And now in the last year, we've done 18 different countries. Wow, that's, that's amazing. amazing. <laughs> uh, so what materials do you work with? Um, 
the deck material, we used to use two different deck materials. Um, we first started off with a, a, a PVC called Sintra. It's a light-duty PVC. It was great to see and see. Um, it's what Chris has in his case. Um, but then all of a sudden, the cases started evolving into <laughs> craziness, and then everybody wanted two chargers and then storage and logos in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And instead of sticking the pair of boards on top, then we were undermounting them. So we were taking away so much material. Um, about a year and a half ago, we had a couple of incidents in one month that we had two cases get damaged in shipping in one month. Oh, and one of them was a pro case that was coming back from another country and TSA opened up the deck. And the guy had his power strips in there because they try to consolidate to the fewest amount of cases because they're paying to ship everything. And, and so, you know, all their camera equipment and their, uh, their heavy lift machines and their, you know, red epics. And now that's the red heliums and the gimbals and stuff, you know, they get all uh-huh. these different boxes and they open up the, the charge case and they, when they shot it, the power strips were laying over each other and they forced it shut literally pushed the charger through my deck into the bottom of the case. Oh, and wow. they, they got back home and they opened up the case and the charger was in the bottom. They, it had, um, you know, TSA stickers all inside the case. So they knew it had been opened up. He called me up. We keep the cut files. We cut another deck, shipped it to him. They swapped it out real quick. But after that one, and then we had a, a customer that was a hobbyist that we shipped them a case, and it got damaged um, by UPS that time. And um, we said, that's it. We, we needed to find a heavier-duty material. And it went, all our pro cases went to the Type 1 PVC, which is an industrial material. It's not pretty by any means. It's battleship gray. And when you get it, it's already marked up and marred and get gouges. Um, it eats up our tooling a little bit more. We have to cut a little lower feed rate. Um, it's a little bit more cleanup after it's done, but I'm six foot two, 240 pounds. I can stand in the middle of a deck and it won't break. Wow. So um, after the first year, we're exclusive. Um, HD material now. And now we have an HD and an HDD, um, which the double D, can I say that? <laughs> the double yeah. D is half inch thick, where the HD material is three eighths of an inch thick. Damn, um, half inch, huh? Yeah, and that's, that's when you see like the case we did for Wild Mango and the Ether case. Um, that's a Nanook 945. That's such a huge deck. And there's four 406 duos in there. Um, we used a half inch material. Now it's, when you pick up that blank, it's very heavy, but we're cutting so much material back out of it. It actually makes it back lighter. But what is left is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, you could drive a car across it. I would imagine and not hurt it. Wow. That's awesome. Nice. So, I mean, I'm sure um, you've done so many projects. Um, what would be the craziest case you've ever made? Like, I just shipped case- it today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you uh, tell us about it? Um, yeah. The, the video will be released after the customer gets his case on Friday. We shipped it two-day FedEx to Texas. Okay. Um, it's That's good. John- this podcast gets released 
on Friday. So <laughs> there you go. Well, awesome. Well, That's perfect timing. Um, John, we built a year and a half ago. We built the Corsair case for him, which had the Corsair in the upper lid and it had two 308 duos in it. And um, nice. we had a second power supply for offboard chargers that he uses. Um, he flies at the Arca field in Austin, Texas, and he, you know, grows the hobby and he helps people. Um, he teach people techniques and, and runway etiquette. He flies planks. Um, but we just built him a case. It is the craziest hobby case we've ever built. We had 40 hours of design time in this case before we even wow. touched the tool. Damn. It is the USS Carl Vincent aircraft carrier. And we did a full color print in the logo. And then there's a frame that goes all the way around it that's three quarters inch thick. And it's got another piece of acrylic that lays on top. So it's like an air gap. It's almost like an insulated window in your house. Okay. And the top piece of acrylic, Chris seen seed from behind an F-18 HUD. So the heads up display. Oh, I think I've seen pictures like. Okay. And you got to wait till you see the video. This thing is yeah. stupid. <laughs> um, Chris took the bottom piece of acrylic and he lined it up with the, with the picture and he did all the CNC, but we didn't put the picture in. So he touched the back of the acrylic with the CNC with a very finite uh, V groove bit and it left these little dots. And then when we put the, the printed color picture on Mylar to the bottom of that, we lined the picture up so the meatball and the runway lights and random yeah. lights around the ship all light up when we inject the LEDs from the side. Oh, wow. Um, then that pops out, and then you can see the four Revelectrix PL6s on the inside. But when you look in the upper lid, he's got two bump controllers. And one bump controller runs to four chargers inside the case but we put wow. a second bump controller in that runs four chargers that'll sit beside this one wow. <laughs> oh my god i'm afraid to ask how much that something like that costs <laughs> um i cannot say <laughs> because if his wife ever heard she'd sure, probably be sure. living in florida <laughs> well she's let, actually pretty understanding she's awesome um <laughs> let's put it this way um, my next question was, what's the most expensive case? Is this the most expensive case you made? No. Um, our really? big double okay. XL pro case is a $6,000 case and we built several of those. Um, oh, so this is his grand. So it's, it's, it's a reasonable pricing. <laughs> yeah. This, this is as close to that as you could possibly get without it being six grand. We're going to leave <laughs> it right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So that's cool. I mean, so you're, you know, you've grown your business, especially the last year or so, um, internationally. You've grown yes. right now. That's amazing. Um, so if someone wanted to get a case built by you, how would they go about doing that? Um, normally first contact is via email. Um, I would say about 70% of the time we get an email. It's <laughs> a couple people or they'll just text me right out of the blue. Um, but most of them's an email explaining, especially if it's a kit. Hey, I've got this equipment. Um, 
what do you think you can do for us? And then I'll answer their email. If they return an email again, that means they're not just being nosy about what their buddy paid um, or what they saw in a video. You know, if they come back with another email, you know, they're pretty much a viable customer. Um, Some people like, hey, what would it be for something like this? And I give them, you know, a price between, you know, a thousand and fourteen hundred dollars. You never hear from them again. They they run away. Um but most people start off with an email. We do get um, probably two to three phone calls a day. Just they go right. It, that's the one thing I can say I love about YouTube. Mm-hmm. Most people watch five or six videos and they become very knowledgeable about what we're doing. So they come right at us to where a year and a half ago we had to explain everything from start to finish. Now a year and a half later with all the YouTube videos we have and we try to make them entertaining and we try to make them not as repetitive. Now, unfortunately, we don't do a lot of videos about kits and we don't do a lot of videos about our simple builds and we do respect the privacy of our customers. We always ask, can I do a video about your case? It's a yes or no answer. Can Mm -hmm. I use your name? Yes or no. And you'll see some of the videos, we don't use people's names because they say, I'd rather you not use my name. Um, and we respect that 100%. I, I, you know, I would always appreciate if somebody asked me. Um, right. But a lot of people that call us now, are, are, they have a lot of knowledge about what we do and how we do it. And then you get people that call up, hey, I want the V-Groove acrylic and, you know, I want this one and that one and go ahead and put storage with the touch latch. And you know they're watching the videos when they start yeah. like that. <laughs> and it, that that has been the best thing that we've ever done because it, sh- it, it, it cuts our design and explana- explanation time in half. Um, but then once we figure out where they want to go, we do the Excel spreadsheet, email it to them, and then they have the choice of, of adding or deleting anything. Um, and once again, it, there's only two of us. We can only build cases so fast. And we have 15 cases on a billboard right now. Wow. The wow. most I can do is five in a week. That tells you we're we're three weeks out right now, um, but luckily a couple of these are kits. So Chris does the chemical welding. Chris puts the vinyl on. He trims it. He does everything, and then all I do is I'll get a deck. I throw it in a case. I I heat shrink a bunch of stuff together, and I throw it in a bag and I ship it. So if like right now we have four kits on the board, with four kits, I don't have to build them. So all of a sudden, one week, we go from building five cases to building five cases and shipping four kits. So that's that's how we can get rid of these 15 cases a little bit faster. All right. um, but international has been very good to us. We're very, very happy with, with the international people, and we have really made some really cool friends internationally. Uh, we're happy with that. Awesome. Nice. Do you have any projects that you can tell us about? Are there any projects coming down the line? Yeah, um, we've got um, a couple 
people that you know. Um, we've got Chris Trevi up on the board. We're doing another case for Chris. We've got to finish the bottom deck for Craig Dizak. Ooh, Charles Anderson from Urcha. Uh, we're redoing his deck. We're putting pro material in there and storage, and we're going to put a, um, a meanwhile power supply where he did not have that before. We have another Warbirds case that we're going to be doing. That one's still in the works. And we just signed the deal. Um, a guy in Japan, we're doing an R2-D2 case. Oh, nice. nice. Not only are we putting R2-D2 in it, he has a real functioning, working, actual two-size R2-D2. Wow. It's nuts. I've seen the videos of it, and he's got these little palm clickers. So instead of walking around with a transmitter, he's got these little handheld um, one in each hand. So when he's walking, you can't even tell he's controlling the R2 unit. So kids running up, they don't see a guy with a transmitter going, oh, that's you doing it. It's it's pretty cool. Um, And Jonathan's just been a riot to work with. Started off with an email. We ended up talking on the phone. And I can't wait to do this, but he runs a club in Japan for people that build R2 units. And we're doing three different logos in the upper. This one I'm excited about building. It's like the superhero cases. You know, mm-hmm. even when you're a kid, everybody knows the superheroes. So when we get to do that, it's awesome. And then we had a, um, an officer yesterday that we were talking to that we've been talking to since OHB. Um, he wants us to do a case and he's kind of a toss up on what logo he wants to put into it. But then yesterday I was driving down the road talking to him on my uh, earbuds on my iPhone and he said, Darth Vader, <laughs> I got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm a 50 year old kid. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. So awesome. yeah, we got some pretty cool builds coming up. We're, we're excited about these. Yeah. I got to see some pictures of those. I'm a yeah. Star Wars fan. You're probably the same as me, Joe. You probably grew up seeing Star Wars in the theater in the 70s. and I, I went with my dad and, and my sister and brother to see Star Wars opening weekend, you know. Yep. And um, that just, it's I was blown away and addicted to the movie from then on. I mean, it's just, it's, and especially at our age, you know, the the CG and everything back then, which I don't think was computer graphics as much no. as it is now. There was none. Um, you know, it's it's to see that movie, you know, and the coolest thing you ever saw was Battlestar Galactica, you know, and mm-hmm, the, yeah. the Cylons. And then you see something like that and you're just blown away. I like seeing my nephews get into it. I mean, they're like two and three or three and four. They're they're young, but man, are they so into it nowadays? It just uh it just really it's cool to see, you know, the young it's, kids into it. it it is not gapped by generations and it's definitely not age. You know, it's, it's, I yeah. think my, I think my children's children will probably like watching. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. That's cool. Will you be posting any pictures of those builds? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I got permission from everybody for videos and builds. So everything, um, that we're putting up, uh, um, another thing we've been doing, which is pretty cool. Um, that I'm sitting here looking at my billboard in front of me. We're building another case for Precision Aerial. Uh, we've done multiple cases for them. They're a filming company. They've been um, around for eternity. 
we're doing a Revelectrix Pro case. It'll be our first Pro case with all Revelectrix in it. And we've been working with Revelectrix since Urcha on the bump system that they have with the app. Uh, we've been running since OHB. We had it on our iPad Pro and, and our phones at OHB showing everybody the iPhone app that was coming out. But they're designing an app around our pro customers to where, you know, like Chris, if he if he had Revelectrix in his case with a bump controller, all he really cares about is what's going on with the, you know, eight packs or 14 packs or 20 packs that he's got. To where the professional camera companies, this case goes with this machine. Um, so say you've got one of the big Alta 8, you know, the eight motor uh, machines and you've got, you know, two 10,000 milliamp packs sitting on top of it. But then next weekend, that charge case is on another site. What we're doing is working out a way to where if they've got five different cases, it's all going to upload to the cloud. So these customers can actually watch in real time of all of their crews out filming the health of those lipos. And we basically want to get to it. If you've got a lipo that's going bad and, and say you've got a, a $25,000 multi-rotor with an $8,000 gimbal and a $50,000 camera and a $30,000 lens on it, they don't auto rotate like a helicopter. Right. So you lose a cell in flight, there's no recovering from that. And this kind of got brought about by one of our customers having an issue with one of their pieces of equipment. And it was a cell dropping out of a very new pack, as in under five flights on the pack. And it was not only did they lose their equipment, but it ends the video shoot so your customer that's got actors yeah. there and lighting and it's just, it's a bad day. So we, you know, uh, approached, um, Revelatrix and said, Hey, this is, this is what I need. Can you do this? And man, they jumped right in on it. And so they're, they're basically taking their app that they have and they're making some changes for the clientele that we have and they got it done fast i mean we first just bumbled about this at urcha and a month later we got to talking about it seriously and a month after that i mean it's it's i mean it's almost a done deal so you know they're they're really you know standing behind us and our customers which makes us happy and i feel like you kind of know you're getting a little bit bigger when, you know, these manufacturers will also come back to you and ask you your opinion on stuff. And I like that because we are the guys that talk to our customers every single day. Um, and it helps everybody. I mean, this is going to help everybody across the board. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so do you offer char- just charge cases or do you also have um, other type of nano cases? Well, the Nanook cases that we have, um, you know, like we got one for Chris. We offer the Mavic case, which is the, the foam insert for 920 Nanook to, to put the Mavic in it. Um, we stay so inundated with trying to build cases. They, they have DJI cases and they have all, you know, they have cases for firearms and stuff like that for storage. 
Mm-hmm. We we try to stay ninety nine percent focused on charge cases because that other stuff once again it becomes an item that eight other companies offer. So then you're dealing with somebody having a sale every holiday, somebody doing a closeout. Once again, you deal with some of these big companies and they get such shipping discounts that they can offer free shipping on everything to where I have to pay out of my pocket. So it's kind of hard for us to offer some of the other cases that Nanook makes, but we can get them. And sometimes, you know, we get orders in from Nanook all the time. So it doesn't take that long for us to get it in and ship it to you. And we did try offering another case that was not Nanook just for um, getting into a little bit lower budget. And it's, it's that lasted about six months just Everybody wants that in the Nook case. It's just everybody's happy with the cases and the designs that we have. Nice. All right. Uh, let's talk about your website a little. I know uh, you have rotocraftrc.com. Yes, uh, correct. So I'm, I've actually been browsing through your website as a, as a good name. <laughs> don't. As a great topic here. Just kind of take a look at stuff. And, I mean, don't so, laugh at my website. <laughs> so, yeah, first of all, uh, who, who builds this website? Is it you or do you have someone? Uh... Jeez. Oh no, it's 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 us. <laughs> uh, you know, we've only in in three years, I think we've only done like a hundred and fifty sales through the website. Everybody calls. Yeah, yeah. The the website and and honestly, between me, you, and the fence post, I should have one page. Call me. Um, right. <laughs> but but we want people to get on there and just be able to peruse around. The 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 poor gallery. I don't even think we've updated the gallery in a year. Um, well, I was going to mention that that Corsair case you talked about is on the gallery. I mean, that's cool. You can also see the what I think is really cool is you can see the underside of that and how you guys did the wiring and stuff like that. For yeah. guys like me and Steve who've done some DIY cases, it yeah. it helps out to see that kind of stuff. You know how how it's laid out and stuff like that. And and that's another reason why we do so many videos. Whether your neighbor's got a CNC machine or you go out there with a jigsaw or a hand router and a template, if you look at five of our videos, you're going to come away with something and you should be able to assemble your own case just from watching our videos. And we're not trying to hurt ourselves. Once again, we still get it. Some of the helicopter guys and some of the airplane guys out there are so intelligent. Well, I say that we've had a couple RC car guys do kits and they send me pictures and they're stellar. Um, but the, the, the helicopter guys are just a, a little bit of a different breed. Um, mostly from engineering backgrounds or, or very technical backgrounds. Um, or they're just overachiever you know, for whatever they do for a living. But most of our customers that we dealt with that did helicopters are are very intelligent, very hands-on, very technical, um, and they love building their own cases. We do a lot of kits for heli guys. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. One one thing I want to ask you, um, and and it's not written on our agenda, but when when you're making cases and, you know, say – Someone's like, oh, I want a Pulse logo or a Switch logo or Goblin logos. I mean, 
is there any like how how should I word this? Like, do you have to get permission or a copyright or a trademark? <laughs> Three years ago, we were at OHB uh-huh. and we were talking to Charles Anderson. Charles Anderson used to be the USA rep for Contronic. And I was telling Charles, I'm like, do you think Contronic's going to let me use their logo? He goes, yeah, no problem, Joe. And I said, I got a guy that wants SAB. So Charles brings me down to the SAB tent and introduces me to the SAB guys and says, Hey, Joe wants to build a charge case for a customer and put the SAB logo. And they're like, yeah, we get manufacturers emailing us their EPS files. Oh, really? So, um, from synergy, um, to Railblades to team JR, um, it, it's all uh, hobby wing pulse. These people all send us their EPS files. Um, okay. We're getting ready to do a really, really nice case for Brandon um, that's going to have some Magato logos in it. And he's actually talking to them, trying to find one that's a little bit different. But no, we've we've had zero issues um, with any trademark. We really, you know, we're not selling the case. We're not mass producing it and selling it going after them. Right, the right. people that fly their product want their logo in it. Yep. And no, I mean, it's, it's zero, never had an issue. Um, I'm still waiting to build cases for some people. I've been, I've been after George's with Scorpion cause he's seen me at a couple of shows and we've been uh-huh. going back and forth, but he wants me to put a 308 and a 910. I'm like, George's, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you can't shut the lid, dude. <laughs> yeah. It won't fit. <laughs> and I think he's just messing with me and I love him for it, but he's messing with me. You should be like, all right, all right, we, we can make it fit, but your 308 will just kind of be in pieces. <laughs> it yeah. won't have the case. <laughs> I can uh, sit on it. I'll get it to shut. Trust there you me. go. <laughs> Have TSA take a look at it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh, God. You give me the willies when you said that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so do you guys have any other questions for, for Joe? No, man. Uh, kind of covered it all. All right. Let's, uh, I guess let's move to the news and announcements. Okay. News and announcements. Yeah. So Chris wrote this in. You want to talk about this, Chris? Yeah, I saw Habico is being looked at by the Department of Labor. Don't know what it means, but people are happy. I guess something's going down at Habico. Yeah, I think this is stock-related in the yeah. company, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. And I forget where I heard it. I might have actually heard it on the regular news. Not yeah, fake I think news. I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> fake news. No, but, uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I had heard that someone bought, uh, you know, ha- had their stocks. And tried to turn them in, and I think Hobbyco denied it or something. I don't know. I don't know how that even works, how they can even do something like that. But I think it is stock related. Yeah, I think it's something like they got promised options or something, or they, I don't know, or they, I'm not sure. But that's that's crazy. I mean, you know, Hobbyco is a pretty big company, and for them to uh, have issues like this sucks. The hobby is like turning this way. Yeah, but I don't think it it reflects the co- the the hobby though. I think it reflects the company more than anything else. Does that yeah. mean you have you have giant companies that go under all the time because of mismanagement? Sure, yeah, you know. Definitely. I mean, Hobbit goes what mainly planes, isn't it? Isn't it online planes? Isn't Hobbit also part of like? Hobbit goes great, yeah, great, great planes, Futaba, 
Kava, it's all, yeah. It's all like blanketed under it. It's like Horizon. They're the opposite of Horizon. Yeah, it's yeah. basically when you look at a Tarahavi's catalog, <laughs> you know, it's like all That's of that. That's how we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it'll be interesting okay. to see what happens to that. Do we have anything else we want to know? I'm still, I'm still looking for a new flying buddy. I'll come up, Chris. Send your, send your resume if you want to be my flying buddy. <laughs> looking for someone who wants to fly in cold weather, nice summer days, long talks at the field. Send me an email. Long walks to get your fast heli. And... Chris is lonely. Oh man, I wish you were closer, Chris. Because Kevin and I, man, we're just like. I don't know. It's it's thirty degrees. All right, let's go fly. <laughs> that just means you boys need to come out before the helicopter show. Have, spend a weekend out here with me. Yeah, yeah. we got to do that this year. Uh, definitely. We know. didn't do that because it kind of got close last year, and I w- I think I went away on vacation like a weekend or something. And it yeah, came we up fast. Do that. Yeah, it came up quick last Summer year. Summer ended fast. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have to do that. March because come April, I, mean, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do. Well, I was thinking like something in June or August, or June, July, or August. Well, June, July. Well, July, we have our fun fly, so I'm I'm hoping Chris will be able to make down for that again. Yeah, we should do something in August, man, because it might be hot down here and a little cooler up there in August. Do that. Yeah, but he needs someone to fly during the the cold weather days. Oh, I'm sure his his club, you know, really picks up after uh, well when springtime comes and. You know, the winter is kind of over, but right now, Chris is lonely. Not five months from now. <laughs> well, right now, it's colder <laughs> up there than down here. <laughs> so uh, It'll be all right. <laughs> so Steve will be up next weekend, Chris. <laughs> uh, seriously, Chris, though, like maybe sometime in March, I'll try to see if I can take a weekend and go up to this. I got vacation days, plus I got this parental leave, plus I got sabbatical coming up. I mean, I- I'm going to be off by like be off a whole year or something. Well, dude, I was looking on Horizon Hobby earlier because every now and then I'll go on there just to see what's going on. And I did see they had, a, and I didn't even get the name of it. They had a new plane that they were coming out. It's almost like a 3D plane with flaps. They're calling it like a sport, kind of like sport park flyer type thing. Looked pretty cool. I don't know if I'd buy it, but it looked pretty cool. It almost looked like, you know, Sukhoi-ish with flaps, which would actually be, I think that would be a pretty good, like, intermediate trainer you know, helping you land type plane. Um, I'll see if I can get the name real quick. It's called the Commander. Commander. Yeah, and it's 1.4 millimeters. Oh, that's a and, decent uh, size. Yeah. Late late February. Yeah, it's coming out. Nice. Yeah, it's only, it's the same price as the Sukhoi. You know, it's and it's 3s and all that. Same as the Sukhoi. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So that. That's something I'll, I'll probably look out for. Actually, fifty-five inch wingspan—that's a little bit bigger than uh, than the Sukhoi, I think. But it's yeah. it's like an it's like a seventies-ish scale-looking plane. The wings are kind of like round, like a Spitfire on the tips, and it kind of has a Spitfire rudder. Okay. But it's but it's a, it's, a, it's a low wing like Sukhoi type, almost three D-ish plane. Kind of like it reminds me of something from the seventies. Yeah, it looks like the the EZB mixed with like. Uh, extra, it's got the extra 300 like cowl and spinner. The front yeah. nose looks like the extra. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Keep an eye out for that. I'm sure somebody at the field will have that this this summer. Yeah. I don't know. If it's not a helicopter, I don't pay much attention anymore. I know, dude. <laughs> I'm like digging deep for some of this airplane stuff. 
So if you got airplanes news, like let us know. <laughs> Flight tested uh put out their their tiny Pete and Paul uh airplane. Which, which looks pretty damn cool and plus um Dan Spotholes made a design a three D printed uh engine for it. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, it's the first plane they've done with a three D printed downloadable three D printed plane motor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which blows my mind when you see the full scale one, like got that big radiator sticking in front of like instead of a windshield it's a giant radiator you're looking at like a ford small block engine yeah and you gotta look around it i I don't know how that works man that would freak me out man yeah yeah for sure (laughs) all right uh let's move on to our next thing oh one one announcement we have is um yeah i think we really pissed off arnold last a couple weeks ago um it's been it's been kind of hard to get him on the on the phone, on the Skype, so yeah, we're gonna maybe I'll have to bribe him or apologize or something. Maybe Jeez, get, dude, get him on the next episode. See, this is why I don't want to talk to him because you guys are gonna piss him off. I heard that the ratings of The Apprentice were in the tank, dude. He's probably not too <laughs> thrilled about that either. <laughs> I blame James. It's all I James. Blame, I blame James. <laughs> so uh yeah, what's next for you, Nahabi? Who wants to start that off? Crickets. I was waiting. I always give you the courtesy, like to the guests. But yeah, I'll go. I'm, I gotta get that other pack ready for the 690, man, and charge it up. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna charge it and discharge it. But, uh, a break in cycle. Yeah, cycle it or whatever. I think I'm just gonna fly it and, you know, cause it should be alright. I mean, it's just old. They're older packs. I don't think they were ever used. They're just older. They're brand new old packs, yes. They're brand new old packs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be almost 60 on Sunday, so uh, should have, we should have a good time, man. Yes, I can't wait. So that's it. That's what I'm going to be doing, getting that ready. Awesome. Uh, I guess I'll go next then. So, yeah, I'm going to finish off the Nitro. Like I said, I have a couple little wiring stuff to do and then just basic setup and breaking of the motor. Uh, I need to find a place where I can get some fuel. I don't want to have to order. I mean, I guess I could order it, but, um, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday and by the time I get an order in for fuel and I don't know how the whole shipping of nitro fuel is these days, I'm sure I have to pay for shipping and there might be some surcharges for that. So what, what percent, what percent do you need? Uh, 30%, Helly. 30? Mm, I probably got eight gallons. Okay. You come to Boston soon, right? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Send, send me an email and remind me. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll bring them up to you and I'll give them to you. Really? You, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, oh, I got awesome. no use for them. <laughs> right? I, I'm talking to a, a guy who makes charging cases around <laughs> nitro <Exactly>. fuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the nitro fuel is left over from rotary wing, so. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I. I got no nitro oh, fuel. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. I will definitely take you up on that. So, Joe, none of those cases are nitro powered. I'm guessing, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, we um for one of our customers, we did put an air compressor in the case. Um, wow. Well, he's got jets. Turbine yeah. jets, and he's got retracts, and he asked us, "Bless yeah. his heart, I love him to death." Um, he's the the gentleman that won 
the breast cancer awareness case that we made back um, for breast cancer awareness month and we put it on eBay and 100% of the money, not the proceeds, 100% of the money that that case sold for uh, went to Susan Cope. And Nanook gave us the case. Meanwhile, gave us power supply. Uh, Buddy RC gave us the charger. And then we built this thing, did a wicked upper, uh, just beautiful work on it. And we put it on eBay. And because we donated 100% of the money to charity, eBay didn't charge us fees and PayPal didn't charge us fees. Oh, wow. and, and the case sold for $500. It was a small case. Um, sold for $500. And the gentleman that bought it, when we shipped it to him, he called me up and he goes, you know, he was very excited. as Mike Asaf. Um, when he bought it, he was very excited about it. And he goes, yeah, when I get it, he goes, I'll give you a call. I'm going to build a custom case. And I'm like, you just want a case. He goes, no, I wanted this case, but I want a custom case. And then if you see the one with the American Eagle in the flag, uh-huh. um, that's the case that we built for Mike. So the gentleman that won the um, the breast cancer awareness case also came back and had us build that case for him. So that was, that was fun. But, wow. um, awesome. yeah, rambling. Cool. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> no, no, no problem. We, we go on tangents all the time. So. so that's the closest we've ever come to nitro or something to do with something that's not electric. We put an air compressor in the case. You know, we should do a fuel pump. Ooh, boy! That right, while you're charging up uh, RX pack for your nitro, you can also refill your. Yeah, health. would that not make a great ball of fire? <laughs> right? Yeah, I was gonna say you might not want fuel <laughs> going through. Like <laughs> the same case, yeah. Come on, guys! Look, for, yeah, you got to think about the spectators too, just not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough these lipos go on fire. <laughs> now we yeah, got no things. doubt. Steve, you might want to check um, Kenville. I know he's got nitro on the shelf, but I'm not sure what it is. I know I've seen it. Yeah? On yeah. the shelf there, yeah. What's that guy's doubt name, it's, Yeah, Rich. I doubt it's 30, but yeah, it might be worth it just to stop by. Sure. You yeah. know, quick in and out. Yeah, I got to definitely uh, check it out. I'm looking. I'm just like, oh, man. I'm, I'm basically started at this point. I'm like asking all my friends who fly nitro. I'm like. So you got you got thirty percent. You want to sell me just just a gallon? I just need some breaking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like well, <laughs> I got twenty two and a half, and I'm like, I guess I could take a shim out. I don't know. I, I don't know nothing about nitro. All right. So, You'll learn okay. if you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh man. So Chris, what do you got going on for this weekend? Well, now that I've joined the real computer world with a laptop that actually functions. Um, definitely sim some more at night. Um, this, this season with the logo 700, um, this is the season to finally get these Puro flips down to where they look clean and stay within a 10 foot box would be my goal. And then, um, kind of the black, double double pale flips, something. And then, uh, kind of the, uh, I got to work on more transitions and then backwards skids out hurricanes have been messing with my mind for, for years to where, I get about three quarters way around, and once it's coming, helicopters coming at me, I usually bail out to something else. So, I've been working on the backwards skids out hurricanes on the sim, just because in real life they scare the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> Meant to. Oh my god, it's crazy. More about the Mavic. I want to learn more about photography. I was talking about when you when I was on with Nick Len. 
I don't know anything about photography, so I'm taking these videos and they're not as bright as I want, and then I'll take pictures and, and the megapixels just don't line up or the picture's too dark. So yeah. by by time October comes for my buddy's wedding, I really want this the whole Mavic thing down to where I can fly it good, take excellent pictures, videos, and that stuff. So just learning more about Mavic and its ins and outs and uh, fly some freaking helis and planes, man. It's, once we break 40, I'll be a lot happier. So hopefully this weekend, upper 40s, um, 50 degrees. I'm definitely going to charge some packs for this weekend. Get out there and fly something. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Bring on spring. Bring on spring. Hell yeah. It's you spring know. here. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. Damn you. you did. Screw you. Winter was last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was what, like two, three days long? And then yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. What a dick. Joe, it was too funny. You said, right now it's 68 degrees, and I'm like, inside my house right now, it's not even 68 degrees. <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, all right, what about you, Joe? <laughs> Next for the hobby, um, just building cases. Yeah. Um, watching, you know, trying to get the boys out to do some more flying. Um, Jacob and Ethan both got electric airplanes for Christmas. And we got to finish putting those together and, and get the CG done. Um, we bought Jacob a, a transmitter, so the five-year-old's going to have his own. But when when you got Kyle as a son, you go out and let him buddy box. And he is so patient with those boys. Um, well, that's cool. You know, within literally within 10 flights, he had Ethan taken off and landing um, with an X3. And then Kyle might have crashed Ethan's X3, but honestly, (laughs) for, for, for that little machine, it is the most durable little thing. You could beat the snot out of it and it almost nothing to fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the whipping boy. Kyle would go out and just do silly stuff with that. And Kyle had broke one piece on it. We forgot to fix it. We went to the field next weekend. Ethan wanted to fly. And that was the first time. Ethan flew Kyle's 700 competition. Uh, um, that was the big machine that was set up for power. Um, and within a couple of flights, he's taken off and landing that thing on his own. And I'm just out there, you know, me, like I'm getting kicked in the gut the whole time it's happening. Um, but getting the boys to go out and fly the planes this summer. Um, wait. This summer, um, getting the boys to get out and fly here really soon is is going to be huge. Trying to get through with the move um, and get all three boys together—that's me watching and wrenching—is is the best thing anymore. Um, but yeah, it's a Corsair and a P fifty one Mustang, and those boys touch those planes every single day. So I can't, I can't wait till they actually put them up in the air. But that's the next thing for us is watching the boys learn that. No, that sounds pretty awesome, though, Joe. You got the kids, you know, teaching each other how to fly and stuff like that. That's that's pretty cool. The question I had was about you said you were going to get a second CNC machine. Yes. Uh, and I'm just curious, like, I'm you know, this isn't like a DIY version. You're getting professional grade CNCs. What do those things go for? The the one that we have now is a Gerber 408. Um, I think it's 56 inches wide and 110 long. A seven horsepower high frequency spindle. This one's about 65,000. Um, Holy crap. 
which wow. is not yeah it's it's not to do it yourself it'll blast through aluminum like it's butter um really? it's got a it's got a water mister system with two nozzles to where we can put lubricant and the water uh for cutting aluminum in the acrylics um no this is this is a for real machine it it doesn't care what it's cut it's going to cut it um Awesome. The next, the one we're wanting to go up to Boston to get is a 404, which is four foot shorter. Um, so it's 48 inches shorter than the 110, mm-hmm. and it's still the 56-ish. Chris will tell you the, the, the dimensions on it. But it doesn't have a high-frequency spindle. But what we need is, like, if we put a full sheet of Type 1 material on and we're going to cut 12 decks... That machine's cutting all day. And I can be assembling a case and I could have a piece that I don't like or I want to change something. I have to wait till the end of the day till that comes off to get that piece. The acrylics, if you see a lot of the acrylics that we do, we have um, a plastic die. It's a spray-on material. We used to have our automotive company here in Orlando mix it for us. And then we found out it's available in spray cans. It's very expensive for a very little bit of product, but we're not cleaning our guns all the time. And technically, we don't have to have a spray booth right now. But that is also coming back in our future um, because we were going to get into hydro dipping. And you don't need a spray booth for the hydro dipping, but to do the base coat and the clear coat, you do. And that's a little cat coming out of the bag right there because we're going to start doing some really wicked stuff on decks. And then once we clear coat over it, then we can put a, a scuff guard laminate on it. And um, uh, Joe and Travis Reyes from Team Ninja, they started putting this protective layer on some of our wraps we were doing for our decks. And the stuff is so durable, we're going to start using it on top of the the um hydro dipping and um which oh. i should not be talking about this but it's out now so here we go <laughs> uh, it, it, it might news. be that it's that damn mason jar <laughs> it got me <laughs> 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 but yeah it's uh you know and and that's another reason for the move the the production facility going back into apopka um having a spray booth is no problem with the city um It's just a little more complicated where we're at now, which is another funny story, but it is what it is. Um, You know, I respect the city for their choices, and and I know there's a reason behind it for somebody. I I just got to deal with it. Um, But, yeah, the second machine, it's going to be the same exact machine, just smaller. But when we're doing our acrylics, and, and you can have like five or six acrylics, and the machine can be tied up all day. Because we, we put the, like on uh, Chris's Pulse case, we take that piece of acrylic and we put the black dye on it. And then we let that dry for about 15, 20 minutes. And then we see and see off the Pulse logo. And then we inject the green LEDs from the edge. Mm-hmm. That's why when his logo's on, it's got that really, it looks like a nuclear fallout aura to it. But where you see and see through the black just going into that acrylic with that V-groove, that almost looks like neon. And and a lot of people see the pictures and see the videos, and then they see the uh, case in real life, and they're like, oh, my God, I thought it looked good in the pictures and videos. It just 
the camera can't get the look. Right. Now you're seeing a lot of acrylics that we're doing with V-Groove. Well, the V-Groove, the machine has to go over it 10, 15 times to get to that depth. It just doesn't go three-eighths of an inch deep and go, oh, and rip it all out. You know, it keeps going through and it carves it down. Um, and a good-sized logo, once again, can be two hours of cut time. And then if we're doing multiple colors – um, you know, you've seen multiple cases that we've done that the upper logos have been multiple colors. Well, once we clamp that acrylic down on the machine, it's already got the black on it. So there's no wait time there. You might have 15 minutes of cut time, but because we're putting a lubricant and water on it, then we have to spray that off, clean it off, then spray it off again, then pat it dry. Then we can put the second color on. And then we see and see again. And I know you guys know I'm, I'm a Gator fan. You know, we did the V groove Gator heads to do five of those Gator heads was 14 hours of machine time oh. with them for a day and a half. We couldn't touch the machine. So wow. we've decided that yes, it's going to cost us mm, a bunch of money to buy another machine, but the production that we're going to get out of that machine is going to more than pay for it. Um, plus on the odd days that Chris is not cutting deck material, we're cutting for other companies, which are sign companies that we're cutting, uh, plastics and aluminums and stuff for them. Um, when the machine's tied up for that, once again, if I go over the shelf and I grab a bracket off and I look at the bracket, I'm like, crap, you know, this is not what I thought it was with the other machine. We're going to be able to cut it. Thank God with the plastics that we're cutting for sign companies, normally, you know, a full sheet only takes a couple hours to cut. So I might be not having my part for two and a half hours, but Chris gets the drawing done, sends it out to machine. He pulls that material out, puts the new one on, cuts it. And there's always something for me to do. There's always a deck to wrap. There's always a touch latch to put on my, my, my build room. My God after a big build is always needs two hours of cleaning and organizing. <laughs> right. um, and they, you've seen my pictures with all my green bins. Um, I start going through every one of my bins and okay, what are we running low on? Because I lose my mind. If I run out of a product, I, it hurts me because to stop, you know, a $2,000 build over a $5 part, is stupid so if if i get you know that one or two times a week that i get that break of an hour or two hours i do inventory i go through everything make sure everything's done <laughs> i will run out of silicone wire <laughs> that's that's the easiest thing to run out of um sure. because you you eat up so much of it um but that's, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. But we've gotten so proficient at building cases and going through product that having a second machine is going to speed us up. But then when you have a second machine, then you hire an assistant. The guy mm -hmm. is going to mm -hmm. clean the decks. You've seen the videos to where we do the mortise and tenon to put the brackets on for the chemical welding now. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. and, and I even said it in a video. And I'm not taking anything away from anybody that we're going to hire down the road, but my five-year-old can glue risers on now because you, you put it on, you cover it, and you stick it in the holes, 
and they're lined up. There's no measuring. There's no checking for, you know, them being canted or anything like that. Everything goes together perfect. So the second machine, that's definitely going to give us some advantages um, and speed up our production time. Three years ago, we were building a case a month. Two years ago, we were building two cases a week. Now, if I get five out, I'm behind. So between full builds and a couple kits a week, we're, we're almost hitting the max at what we can do with just two guys right now. And then you throw the wild mango case on and, and the HUD case, the aircraft carrier case on, that's a case and a half in a week. I mean, it, it, that might even be, you know, the aircraft carrier case. There's a week's worth of assembly in that. Yeah. He said you had a week's worth of planning before you even started it. But that's mostly Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, we just watched a lot of videos on, on, on fighter jets coming in to landing. Um, we did a lot of research. We found a couple people that were in the military and, and we're like, Hey, these numbers on this HUD, are these accurate? And they, everybody agreed after a while, everything that we were doing, and then there was like five different designs that we sent to the customer. We even tried to do some silly stuff with fan logos that it's almost like we, it, it was, it was, um, called a scale charge case. It's almost like the scale airplane and the scale heli guys to where they, you know, match the paint color. They put the rivets and they put the logos and they put the, the tail numbers and everything in the exact place with the same colors and they document everything. That's almost exactly what we did with this case. We wanted to make sure that because the thing that drives me nuts, if somebody walks up and goes, man, if I did this, I would have done this different. I'm my yeah. biggest critic. If, and, and you see the videos, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a wild mango deck right now, the upper deck that's sitting here, and there is something on this deck and I'm waiting for somebody to catch what it is, is why I haven't said it in the video or right now. I'm waiting for somebody to catch on that deck what is bothering me and I still have it here <laughs> because of it. But it's the stupidest little thing. It's, it's a half millimeter, one millimeter thing that goes over six items. And by the time it gets to the end of it, I look at it and I shake my head and we we cut a whole nother deck. We put a whole nother thing of vinyl on it, and we start all over because something bothers me. And it's OCD, ADD, ADHD, hyperness, alcohol, and about ten other things that just <laughs> make me. <laughs> well, y'all have seen me on Facebook. I have zero tolerance for idiots. Um, I shouldn't have said that because somebody might be calling it, but you know. <laughs> It's why are you going to come after me when I'm my biggest critic? Yeah, you're not going to tell me anything I don't already know, and and that's the one downfall of Facebook and and social media is people think because they can they should. That's like me walking into your business and berating you and picking your work to pieces. I would never do that to you. Why are you going to get on Facebook on my case that I just posted a picture of that I 
poured 100% of my energy and love and everything I could put into it. Why are you going to come after my case? And if you think you're going to come after my case and Daddy Cashwell isn't going to go old redneck old school on you, you're hmm. mistaken. I mean, it's <laughs> it's I will do everything on this planet to make you the happiest customer ever. But idiots are idiots. And I hate to say that we've, we've all seen them on Facebook and y'all have seen me go after them. And I turned myself into idiots and I be, um, sometimes I'm ashamed for the way I go after people, but just don't come after my case because you've got nothing better to do. Don't, don't pick on my case because you think it's too heavy or don't think pick on my case because why do you need two Meanwell 2000s in it? Well, if you see one of these cases on a film site and they've got, you know, eight 10,000 milliamp pack charging at the same time and two generators running that case, you'll understand that guy is making money off that case because it's keeping his machine in the air. And yeah. that's how the film guys make their money. He's not a hobby guy. He's not just buying this case because he wants the biggest and the baddest. He's not trying to go to the field to drop everybody's jaws. He is going to make a living. And if you go to a video shoot and say you've got two big heavy lift machines running or one running, one big one running with this big camera and then another one running with this little camera, you've got to keep packs charged for that because you never – no, when the director's like, nope, I don't like that. Use this machine. It's it's a little more nimble. Or this lens is too wide. This lens is, you know, when you go through the hole, I want you to be a little bit more to the right. Well, it's safer with this machine. Um, it's, it's talking to these video guys. They want to give the most they can give to that customer. But also... They get nine-minute flights. So they're ripping through two 10,000 milliamp packs at a time. So you have to be able to keep them charged in front of that machine burning them up. They don't charge at 5C. They charge between 1 and 2C to extend the lives of their LiPos and because they want the best charge possible. And that's, you know, last week that was the, the guy came after me over, you know, your case is too big, it's too heavy. Their recommendation to me, what my customer gives me for the pro guys is we need it to be under 100 pounds. Well, our double XL case weighs in under 60. So we're, we're by far, you know, giving them what they want with weight. With four 406 duos in it, and hopefully soon our, our Revo one, our Revo version, Revelectrics version, will be on the market. But with four 406 duos, we need to be able to charge those lipos fast enough to keep one or two machines in the air nonstop. If they're filming for 24 hours, that case needs to run 24 hours. Yeah, anytime, like you said before, anytime that goes down, they're talking, you know, now you're talking about money lost and... Uh, that could easily wind up to be big money lost. There could be four people on set. There could be 40 people on set. There could be 200 people on set. If you do not perform and you can't do their part and they don't have what they need, 
to to move on to the next part, you might end shooting for an entire day. All these people got to pack up, then they come back tomorrow. Yes, so, exactly. You know, having a piece of equipment to keep your equipment going. And Keith from Precision Aerial, the, the one thing I love about Keith is, is he told me, he goes, your case is the only thing we do not worry about when we get on set. We're dealing with motors. We're dealing with ESCs. We're dealing with antennas. We're dealing with VTXs. We're dealing with everything. He goes, but when we plug our lipos into your case, when we come back, they're charged. So mm-hmm. we, we really took that. And Keith was huge. Precision Aerial, uh, Keith and Todd were really huge and instrumental in getting us into the pro industry. And it's just snowballed. I mean, it's, um, you know, Trent with Copter Kids and Wild Rabbit and all these other guys. It's, it's once you get in with one, it kind of, you know, creeps into the, all the other ones and we take care of all of them. So we're, sure. we're really tickled with that. Awesome. Nice. I guess we're at the end. Let's uh, do a wrap up. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. All wrap right. it up, Steve. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <Wrap> it up. <laughs> All right. So Facebook likes. We are at four hundred and eighty six plus eight this week. And we have eight names. Nice. Wow, dude. So that's like four ninety what? Four? What? I don't do math after ten. Four eighty six plus eight? <laughs> no 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 no. Four eighty six is with the eight. Total. Oh, okay. Total. That's plus eight this week, yes. Well, 486 names. I'm finally figuring out. So should I say 478 <laughs> plus eight? <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. Um, all right. Let's go with the names. Let's cue the music. We have Hugh Mason, Rodney Angelito, Russell Cox. Did it? Russ? Wait a minute. We know Russell Cox. Yeah. Did he just finally like us on Facebook? I don't know. Or did he unlike us like us? He might have unliked us. He just wanted to hear his name again. Hey, Russ. All right. (laughs) We have Kevin Kainz, Marco Ditana, JL Cox, Garvey Jean-Louis, and Willie Murphy. Didn't we say those two names already? Because you were like, maybe it's Harvey Jean-Louis. I know we said Willie Murphy, too. Whatever. I don't know. Sounds good. Whenever I hear... Uh, when when I heard you say Willie Murphy, it just, like, flashed in my mind. Um, Dave Chappelle. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, just the way he says it. Willie Murphy. Anyways, uh, Facebook comment. Yeah, I got to give a shout-out to Matt Tomaszewski. Who said, Kevin, you really need to give a shout out to Austrian Death Machine so people know where the gummy bear of Candy Cornea is from. And that's where, when I do Arnold impersonation, I do the Austrian Death Machine Arnold impersonation off of their second album, Double Brutal. I have no idea what you're saying, and I don't know what's in my mason jar. (laughs) I don't know. What did you just say? So maybe it's (laughs) Bushai there. No, it's Captain Morgan private stock. It's not. Um, what's? But what did you just say? I couldn't even keep up with what you were just saying. 
You know when you go in the general store and the music that's playing in the background, it's nothing like that. It's the complete opposite <laughs> of that. If you were to take okay. a bunch of records and throw them out the window, and they would be the sound they make when they hit the ground. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and only, only people that still doesn't know, understand what you're talking about. Only people that know me and know the crazy music I listen to, um, or guys like Matt. I was actually shocked that anybody even knew that band or or anything because it's just uh not something people listen to every day uh even got to give a shout out to dennis delay who uh i posted uh devil driver the other day on i was listening yeah. to him and he was like yeah man <laughs> he knew he knew who devil driver was and listens to them too it's mm-hmm. very music is very tough these days for us older guys who remember what it was like anyways that's I, I just had to give a shout out to Matt. So thanks, Matt. Well, first of all, let me bring this up to um, Chris Nutt and Frank Mordiellos. Uh It's really, I mean, they're doing these these raffles and it's crazy. Um, it, it seemed like they were getting some shit about it though, and I don't know. I I kind of stepped away from it for a little bit because I've been busy um, rebuilding a nitro to like stalk Facebook, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about what's going on either. I, I haven't yeah, some been brand part of the stuff raffles. And people have been, you know, and I, I don't understand. I mean, these guys are taking the time to do this. I, I don't <laughs> get it. Like, if you don't like what they're doing, then don't participate. Or if you have exactly. to say, then isn't, isn't I mean, that what I was just talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I don't get it. Like, like I have a goblin or whatever, whatever they were. You know, I wasn't interested, so I didn't buy a ticket. I mean. But I didn't slam them or anything. Yeah, like they, they were doing, you know, 2KC 570s. And, you know, I've owned one before. And I was like, that's cool, you know. If I Maybe if I get a chance, I'll, I'll throw in 10 bucks. But if not, it's not a big deal. But I don't know. I feel like people are almost like brand bashing them almost. Because it's like, oh, well, it's another Which, goblin kit or another lion kit. If, or this. If, you've, if you've ever met Frank, I mean, this guy is just the most down-to-earth, honest genuine person and chris great people yeah they're just doing something for the hobby but yeah people that sit at home every night and i'm trying not to get started (laughs) don't get started (laughs) you sure (laughs) you don't want a good rant um how dare you try and give me stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's it i mean why criticize it's you know i've had people criticize on our youtube page and i'm like dude if you can do a better video do it i never say that i do the best quality and everybody that knows anything about charge cases you'll hear me i try to get in and i ramble through everything so fast we do not do multiple takes unless i just turn into a blubbering idiot and if i say something wrong Joe, uh, we're just we're just going to leave it as Joe, mean Joe. Um, he said something about Revelectrics when he did his thing, and he said something wrong in his video. And people ripped him apart. Well, you know what? If you know so much, why didn't you do the video? And Joe apologized, and he edited the video, and he fixed it. But it just became such a thing. And I almost want to say, if you know so much... Why didn't you do the video? Yeah. Yep. Um, you take your time. You take your personal time at night. Um, like tonight, I've got 
14, 15 hours of video that I have to get down to under an hour for the HUD case. And I'm not doing this to sell other cases. I'm doing this to show where it's become, where it's gotten to. And it's also going to show people our secrets so they could do their own cases. So if it might sell one or two cases for us, but it's also going to have one or two cases that somebody's going to build themselves. Um, so, you know, there, there's a give and take, but the people that do not give back to the hobby or try to make excitement in a hobby that criticize, that's the ones I call idiots. And I'm not calling anybody that get, went after them idiots. Uh, yeah, okay, I am. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's literally, that's what frustrates me. Um, that, that people just, you, they gotta have it their way. And if they're not the one that did it, they're the one that criticizes. And, and mm -hmm. to Frank, you know, dude, I love you, bro. <laughs> and you're an awesome guy. And I, I love seeing him every year at OHB and whenever else we get to see each other. But the guy's genuine and, and he's, he's putting his heart and soul in everything. And it's, eh, haters gonna hate. I yeah, exactly. Indeed. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, Let's move along. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Joe's done ranting. All right. Uh, what else do we have for Facebook comment? I uh, don't know if you saw anything else. That's all I had. Um, I do want to mention, uh, I'm going to mess up his last name. Well, first name's easy. Walt. Uh, Rager? Rager? I want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope it's Rager. Yeah. So he, you know, he messaged us saying that he really digs our podcast. And when he's listening, feels like he's right there hanging with kindred spirits. Um, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We want to make it definitely feel like you guys are just hanging out with us. It's one of the things that pushed him to start a podcast too. Uh, it's on YouTube right now, but yeah, try giving his name a search and it'll probably come up. But he started a, a podcast too. Walt, definitely get it on like iTunes or Podbean or, you know, some type of hosting. So that way I can actually get it on my, um, podcast app. So it makes it easy for me to listen to. Um, I did start listening to it and it did sound pretty good. Uh, just didn't have a, the time to finish it. So. Oh, I got to check it out then. Yeah. Yeah. There was somebody that emailed us about uh, our procedure and how we do things, and I got back to him, I think, pretty quick that night. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. That was something I said Steve might chime in on, on well, his yeah. equipment. I think that's was it. That, was that Walt? That's okay. Walt, yeah. Cool. So as far as equipment, um, I know you mentioned you use a, a shotgun-style mic. I use a SM, SM58 Shure mic with a pop filter on a boom stand. And I have like this $100 little audio box i1 pre-Sonos is the company. Uh, basically feeding into my Mac laptop and a pair of headphones. And really that's it. And I realized this myself too is, you know, I listen to my own podcast. I know it's kind of weird, I guess. I don't know. But, um, I noticed the, my voice sounding a lot better. Definitely with this setup. So, um, gamer headset is cool. But as you as you want to define your your sound better, you want to definitely invest some money in equipment. I think this rig cost me like two hundred fifty bucks. It wasn't too expensive. Cool. Yeah. All right. So website comments and emails. Yeah, I added in emails because we got an email from Codepox about uh, VBAR Gov and tuning. Uh, he yes. Sent us a pretty in depth uh, how to on stuff. 
Yeah, he gave us he gave us his base settings, I think, for his gov tuning. But he also said, I don't know if you looked at it, he was, there was an attachment. And in that attachment was like soup to nuts, like, this is how you, sh- you know, you can go about tuning completely from like your, you know, not just your tail gains, but your, your head gains and your pre-comp and all this stuff. No, I didn't see the attachment. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. I mean, I'm lost when I look at it because I just see a bunch of like, Okay, do this, do that, do this, do this. But I think one day, uh, maybe this weekend, if it's nice enough, um, when you know if the wind's not blowing, I'm maybe I'll take one of my helis and go through each step and see, you know, how how nice we can get these V bars to uh, fly. Cool. Uh, what else we have here? Oh, our friend Javier. Yeah, he emailed us I think a couple times about he uh, put a helicopter in and uh, about his fixing. Um adventure mm-hmm. stretch it to a 420 i don't know <laughs> i want to do that man i want to stretch my 380 to a 420 i actually saw one of our friends on facebook he uh took his 420 and i don't know unstretched it brought it back down to a 380 what yeah yeah our friend tom all right uh pod beam pod beam uh, we have two people that started following us, the Robingham C and CK Raft started following us on Podbean, and Mike Welch liked episode 61, Adam's RCR Swap Meet. Yeah, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Mike Welch. Yeah, uh, so he finally got the made in my uh, one Logo 480, I sold him, and uh, I gave him two nice. Pulse 4100s with it, which they're a little bit heavy, but for his you know sport flying, they're going to be perfect. So he said he got done testing hovering it the other day. Five minute flight hovering around, you know, getting used to it. Still came down with sixty five percent left in the battery pack. <laughs> oh my nice. god! So wow. that is gonna be that is gonna be a perfect machine for him because he I I I got the oxy flying it for him at their fun fly. Now he wanted to go something bigger in electric, uh-huh. and uh, so he's like easily his flying style. He's probably gonna be able to get you know seven plus minute flights off that thing. Oh, it's like rolling into nitro territory there. Right? I just want to say what's up, Mike. Is Mike up by you, Chris? Do you live uh, up that way? He's in... Where is it? Mike, where are you? It's either uh, Massachusetts <laughs> or Connecticut. One of those two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, so we might see him huh? in September then. Oh, you'll see him. He's never missed a show. He's been there, I think, all 14 years. He's one nice. of the originals. Nice. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be... uh. I'm going to put his trailer right next to us this year. Yeah, I thought we bumped into him last year, but uh, bumped into a lot of people. So, yeah. Forgive me. Maybe you Yeah, Mike might get our trailer. He had, he had a big trailer next to us. Yeah. Wait, which one was that? Is that the, the one, one with the, like, the, the hobby shop? <laughs> the, 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 the big the scale. The, 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 the scale stuff. Yeah, the scale. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, I took a bunch of pictures of his trailer. Yep. Yep. Nice. Good to nice. Uh, put the face to the name. Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, iTunes review. We have an iTunes review. <gasps> what? Uh, yeah, it's called um, Junior Assistant uh, by Dan Listener. He says, great podcast. Love the interviews. I like your casual style, but really love the technical content as well. Keep it going. It's showtime. Five stars. So Hi. thanks, Dan. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Dan listeners. Dan Listener. And that's it. That's all I saw. Okay. All right. So, 
drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Don't be an idiot or we'll stick Joe on you. <laughs> uh, don't forget it's to my night job <laughs> uh, Chris you want to take the website Since you've been, yeah, uh, check out our website freefallrcpodcast.com just renewed the site for another year um, yeah. and if you, if you guys haven't been there go check it out um, finally just added some pictures of Kevin and Steve's helicopters because after months of parading them, they sent me some <laughs> up-to-date photos. I, um, I promise we'll send them. We'll send them. <laughs> so I'm, you know, every week I hear him talk about, I'm like, guys, I'm on, I'm on the ball here. I, I'm updated what you're flying, what you're crashing, what you're selling. So give me some pictures. So um, I'm constantly updating what, you know, we're all flying, um, adding new content. So if there's anything you want to see on there, let me know. But sites are new. I'm hitting every week, updating, you know, when I can. Nice. Check it out. Nice. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, and, boy. Uh, let's see. Flight Test Forums, Off the Field, Audio and Video Production, Other Than Flight Test Podcast, Free 4C Podcast, and next to our friends at the Flight Test Community Cast. Say hi to Nick. Hi, Nick. Ah, nice. <laughs> so, Nick. Uh, hey, Patch Mike. Patch <laughs> Damn. Got it. Got it in. Yeah. You got it in. Um, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna definitely work a little more on that site and um, put contact info links, all that fun stuff. All right, uh, Joe. If people want to get in touch with you and order some awesome cases, how would they do that? Rotorcraftrc at gmail dot com. You can always call us at four zero seven four six eight zero two six six, and then we have Rotorcraftrc Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. If you can't get a hold of me there, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Just go back underneath that rocky arena. Exactly. All right. Uh, Chris, for your specific contact. Yeah. So links to everything I do in the hobby, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the free fall page. Just go to my website, www.3dandscalerchelicopters.com. See what I've reviewed. See what I'm viewing, what I'm flying, and check it out there. You can all you go there, you can find everything. Nice, sweet Joe. I heard you can also be found at after nine o'clock you, at night. You can be found at crack you in the head with a mason jar dot com. <laughs> I, you find me at my couch on my ass dot com. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's it's eight thirty. I shut off. I might answer a text or an email. Nine thirty. I'm sleeping. I'm done. I'm gonna have to make a drink this weekend in a mason jar. Call the cash well. Call the cash well. Call the cash well. There you go. You gotta understand. There's there's a completely insane inside joke about this. It's a quart mason jar with a handle on it because redneck. Um, (laughs) But I drink my coffee out of it in the morning. I rinse it out. And at oh, night, boy. I have my mixed drink in it. Unless I'm doing wine, then I become a connoisseur or a wine snob, and I do red wine in a real red wine glass and do the swirl thing and try to act sophisticated. <laughs> but the the redneck overwhelms the sophistication, and it's it's a bad day. <laughs> nice. 
and don't ask me to spell any of those big words. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Especially after 9.30. No, that's that's an inside joke. My Kyle, um, my ex-wife has a master's, a doctorate. Um, well, she has an associate master's and a doctorate in English. And Kyle is like the the advanced English guru. I can't spell, but I'm a math genius. So when it comes to math, I mean, I'm I'm just there. Uh, but spelling, especially if I'm trying to type it and think what I'm saying and type it, I it's I get horrible. But I can build a beautiful case. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Joe, for coming on our show and taking the time. Uh, it's been a lot of laughs. Enjoy editing this for the next 24 hours. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I text Chris today. I said, is this live? He goes, no, they'll edit it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That won't be too bad. <laughs> Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks, everyone, for being on the show. We are Skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Oh Oh my god Dude that always catches me off guard (laughs) I've never heard that (laughs) Listen to any one of my episodes Jesus Christ that's funny shit Uh, that is my most, besides the Oxy and the 380, like for the smaller helis, the, for the bigger helis, Black Thunder is my like most comfortable go-to heli. Um, but I also got it. Who's that noise? <laughs> That's Joe drinking. <laughs> Damn it, I tried to. Boy, I knew I was going to get caught. Joe's drinking. He's playing with nut and bolts over there. He's he's as James Cadiz. If you're listening to this, you're not the most annoying guest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really? I surpassed James? Oh my yeah, god. I think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so let's see here. What was that? Just don't start charging AA, anything, but I'm not Joe. a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody likes a quitter. Nobody uh, likes So quitter. one thing one thing I got to do one thing I got to do was uh for me. Steve it there. Uh oh. Did we lose him? Steve. Well, what happened? Did I talk him to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Is this a good time to have a drink? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to get put in the show, isn't it? <laughs> Probably at the end, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, we have Hugh Mason, Rodney. I didn't hear music. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me guess that's posted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> behind the Mason job. Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, let's try I this guess. again. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's, your, that's your outtake at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a couple on this episode for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I try.
<laughs> All right, uh, let's cue the music. <laughs> 